What's Brewing Sports. I think that they're going to be kind of the, the surprise Cinderella team. Just defensively, just get incrementally better. Everybody has lived up and failed expectations. That's it. The box score is what the box score is. Sucks for them. It's <laughs> just going on the same to the Spurs. That's what's brewing. Welcome to episode two, season two of What's Brewing Sports. I'm Richard Oliver along with Andrew Brott. Episode number two would mean the Derek Jeter episode. Okay. Number two, famous New York Yankees player. Number two, now Brian Leach, because you're the hockey guy. You keep bringing up hockey to me. So Brian Leach also the uh, – and, and I'm looking this up as we're talking because I think Brian Leach actually was born in Corpus Christi, Texas. Really? And played played uh, hockey at, you know, up in the Northeast for the longest time. Right. I could be wrong. I think I think he was born in Corpus Christi. So I'm – through the magic of the internet, I'm looking – it is indeed – Yeah. Was born in Corpus Christi, March 3rd, 1968. So maybe we should have Brian Leach, maybe have co-uniforms. Sure. Sure. Derek Jeter, of course, the Hall of Famer, and Brian Leach. Yeah. Who's now 51, so I'm guessing he's not playing anymore. Guessing. But maybe still up north. It's the NHL. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but he played for the uh, for the New York Rangers for the longest time and everything. But yeah, born in Corpus Christi, Texas, went on to an NHL stardom career. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy right, because my, there's no my, ice in Corpus. <laughs> there is no ice in Corpus. No. But you know, it's funny. It's funny. And we have so much to talk about. This, this, okay. So uh, our, our producer, your lovely bride, the father of sweet baby James, Katie, is going to blind <laughs> taste test us. Oh, wait. Did I say father? Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the mother of sweet baby James. Uh, I was gonna go with it. I was like, sure, you know what yeah. though? Who's your daddy? <laughs> Who is your daddy, Katie? Uh, but uh, so so anyway, I'm thrown off. I'm thrown off by this. But uh, um, she is going to give us a blind taste test. That's right. Because this is the time of year that Katie brought goes berserk. That's right. This is when she comes a lot. This is the countdown. Katie, how many days is it till Christmas? Do you know? Have you counted down? No, but thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's coming up. Christmas is coming up, and Katie is all over that. Yeah, of she's course, all over of that. Course. So well, and 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 actually, though, her brother Ryan is not far off. No, I mean golly. these two go back and forth. Oh Lord, like yeah. it's nothing. I mean, and usually about July first, we start pre prepping for fall yes and then all of the the holidays just keeps going on and on and on yeah yeah i think uh uh when i look at that and, and i look at it and i think my beautiful bride laura mm-hmm. has also decorated our it's 101 degrees outside <laughs> and we have fall <laughs> decorations all over the house it is complete fall in this it house is fall everywhere See, yeah. in fact today went to the dollar store bought fall plates right we ate dinner on them we did. Now, it's from the dollar store. I don't know what are these made of. I mean, they. <laughs> it could be opium. There's <laughs> something I don't know. But she's so happy that it's fall. Uh, Katie got that the same disease, the fall disease. So they're they're ready. Oh yeah. Now you and I we're like you know hey it's fall it's football it's football right. So we've got a lot of football to talk about. That's right. So we're excited about that. It's a uh, baseball playoffs right around the corner. Major League Baseball playoffs, but. Yeah, it's uh, but for the for the other side of the family, ho, let me tell you, <laughs> that's right. Father Fall has already walked in and thrown up all over the place. <laughs> Father Fall. <laughs> so anyway, so we're gonna be doing we're gonna be doing a blind taste test of of Katie. It's of different pumpkin spice lattes. Pumpkin spice lattes. Y'all talk about coffee, and we all like coffee, but you know, pumpkin spice latte is so important to society yes. nowadays. So I thought it'd be funny if you guys. Went through. Went through and tasted. We have four different varieties, and we'll see what you guys think. So, so can we can we identify where they're from? Afterwards, when you afterwards, say, okay, okay, because they're from different places that we right. know. Different, yes. That that like coffee places and around town. But then we're also our episode today is going to be a little by the numbers. That's right. 
by and, the numbers. And we That's have the... some pretty cool numbers to go through. Uh, all right, so we are we. So we've seen numbers, a lot of numbers. This is the first one. By this the is, numbers, this, this is the first. This one. is the first one. Now, do That's we have right. to slurp or anything to let people know what we're doing here, or do we just? just gotta... I, no, I think. Yeah, I think it's on, it's I on think video. We just, if All the right. video holds, it'll be on video. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. So this is number one. This is number one. And this is the uh, brew topic, which is pumpkin spice. And we are going to judge. We are going to judge pumpkin spice. Taste. I, I, yeah, we're, we're going <laughs> to. God. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's, that's pretty <laughs> that's good. It's got actually. some pumpkin and some spice. I, I and, like it. Um, Mm, that's good. Okay. You know what though? It's whatever that is. It's not. Um, it's not as uh, sweet as I thought it would be. I was expecting to get punched in the face with icing and uh, overwhelming. Just I, know this, I thought sugar, it was pretty sweet. It's it's sweet, but it's not crazy. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Okay. So, right. so that was that's that, one. Okay, that's one. I like the first one. Now we don't have any sherbet or anything to to, to that's right to re- I reset some water? to reset our tongues. No, no, no. We're fine. We're fine. I'm All right. I'm, I'm just being difficult. Mm. Okay, so this is the second one. This is number two, <laughs> per se. Mm. Wow. That's a little flat. Yeah, it's bland. That's not a whole lot to that. No, it's really bland. Yeah. That's, okay. that's, that's not, that number two is number two. <laughs> it's like coffee with the, just milk. Yeah. I'm not now, even sure there's any flavor in there. Now, do we know, we know kind of what that... We're, we're gonna are we gonna identify these? Yes. Okay, so it's, it's, it's this is an honest assessment. Yeah. Yeah. So even the losers are gonna be identified. <laughs> All right, because number one is my loser right now. All right. Number one or number two? Number two is your number two number is my two. loser. No, that's two. right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just way off. All right. Here's here's number three. Maybe we'll start, start the episode over. This is number three. <laughs> number three. Yeah. See, that's mm. what I thought. We That's got a nice it. little that sweet was... kick to it. Now you haven't put anything in this at all. No, no. This is exactly. And we, and we ordered them just pumpkin spice latte there with no whip. I asked for no whip, but it was there's no coconut milk. Or no nothing. How, so it's however just, they make right. It. So it's this is standard. This yeah. is what most people taste when they get it. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so that okay. one I I think I know where that one's from for sure. I could taste it. Yeah. Um, that that's well, really you worked, sweet. Now you worked at Starbucks. I did. Yeah. So you've got a you've got a yeah. You were a uh, barista. That's right. That's right. Now this one I'm, I threw a little bit of a monkey in the wrench here. This okay. This is number four. This is number four. And this and, is the uh, this, local wrench. That's right. That's right. So okay. here we go. Number four tasting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> How's that, that for that, you? That is not coffee. That is not coffee. Not that is coffee, in fact that, but a I like it. I <laughs> like it. That's a pumpkin ale. That is a pumpkin ale. <laughs> but that's a 13th floor, so it's from mm. the place. Down well, no, no, no. So they're promoting really 13th good. floor. Oh. So it's actually um where's wow. the can? Keep that. Let, let I'm going to keep this beer right yeah, here. Yeah, keep the beer. Let me see the before we talk about the other coffees. I hope this was interesting to the listeners. I just realized we're just yeah, sitting yeah. here. Just sitting here. <laughs> Sucks for you guys. You're not getting to taste all this. That's but this right. Is really, this is probably, really good. You might fast forward was, through this. this okay, so so that beer is a pumpkin ale from Fourth Tap Brewing Co-op yeah. in Austin. It's actually in North Austin. Uh, and I just found this. I just ran in the store. I was looking for to see if maybe there was a pumpkin latte. Mm-hmm. Uh, stout or something, which I know Breckenridge makes, but nothing of the sort has appeared yet in stores. Maybe because to them it's still a little early. Well, that's good. Um, but yeah, this is a pretty good beer. This is pretty All right, nice. So, so of the three, now I know number two. Right. Uh, just there's nothing to it. I agree. It, it's yeah. a pumpkin spice latte. They had no, no, nothing. no spice, no pumpkin, no pop, no. And I, and I, in my view, if you have a pumpkin spice latte. There should be pumpkin and maybe some spice. Or, or yeah, maybe some I agree. Spice. Yeah, just call me crazy. <laughs> but number two, do, do we identify number two yet? No. We okay. Okay. Yet. We haven't yet. I liked number one. You liked number one over number three. I like one over three. I would agree with you because uh, one was less abrasive in terms of being sweet and yeah. just over 
Yeah, and you it know, wasn't too. Yeah, it wasn't syrupy. It wasn't yeah, sweet. exactly, exactly. So I thought one was very comfortable. I liked it. I did too. Number three, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. I'm I'm saying number three was from Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I was guessing. You could you could taste you could the taste Starbucks. It, yeah, that, okay. that syrup. So yeah. three was the, so that was our one B. That's right. That's so right. I mean, it was pretty good. So the the order that we chose was one three two. One, three, two. Technically, four was first. Yes. Yeah, because that's beer the beer. The beer right. was first. That's right. So. All right, so the one that you guys thought was bland, mm-hmm. uh, which I just tasted, and it is very, just tastes like warm milk. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. There's, um, that's Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. I love Dunkin' Donuts. That we, Not today. We need to tell Andrew Monaco this. Because <laughs> Andrew Monaco is a Dunkin' Donuts fanatic. Really? He's yeah. a Dunkinista. <laughs> Dunkinista, nice. He's a Dunkinista. He loves nice. Dunkin' Donuts. And in fact, we would when we travel. And, yeah. And I used to travel quite a bit. He's you know you'd go to the airport and he'd report Pittsburgh has a Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, okay. Terminal two. <laughs> so we would know that you know you would know that. So Did you, you know, like the coffee or the lattes. I uh, he just like most we people just, go for. Well, the I coffee. get the vanilla. I got the little vanilla with a couple of the donuts. Okay. Back when I could eat a lot good. of donuts. Okay. I yeah. So the winner. The winner, number one, the winner. So, oh, that was not the winner. No, no that, that was, was the, the one that, that was the loser. Oh, the loser was of Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, all right. And the Starbucks was the really sweet one. Was the was middle, sweet. yeah, That right. was number two. So the, Shipley's. Shipley's Donuts. I would not have called that. And yes, Shipley's Donuts. Shipley's was the cheapest one with the largest amount. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, and we noticed that, too, when we got, so we got smalls at all of yeah. the, the stores. Yep. But there Starbucks was Starbucks, most expensive? Yeah, had to, small. Have been, had to have been. Yep. But the varying, the variance of sizes yeah. of smalls, so none Donuts, of them were the same. Dunkin' Donuts was the smallest and the blandest. Right. So Dunkin' Donuts was the smallest Dunkin for Donuts the small. For the small. For and what you pay. The middle you one was Starbucks, and then the the one we liked the most was Shipley's. Was they, you got they more gave, for your money. That's so right. So I will say, this looks like a grande. No, it's a, no that's, that's a small. That's a, that's a small one. I, yeah, I've worked with those cups way too long to yeah, know that. Yeah, to know the difference. All right, so so dear listener, that's uh, that is our uh, blind taste test because if you are like our family, right, it's fall. It is fall. We are that's into right. September. They've kicked off football. Uh, I, I actually got question, a couple of raindrops on me today. I mean, yeah, it, it was like right. a, it was like a South Texas blizzard. My question, and is, Katie has a question: Is this pumpkin spice latte worth all of the hype? Which one? The one all we just. Of- is pumpkin spice worth the hype in general? I don't typically like pumpkin no. spice, but that was terrific. The Shipley's. Shipley's was terrific. It was pretty good. So. I, I would say no. I mean, we, we don't care about it, which is why I thought this whole thing would be funny, which is why I snuck in the beer, because I thought yeah, well, we needed I mean, a, cleanser, a palate cleanser after mm-hmm. having to suffer through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pumpkin ale. Suffer through that. The pumpkin ale, in my mind, is the winner. Yeah. Uh, it's still I am champion, stunned at so. Dunkin' Donuts. That's pitiful. Yeah, that was awful. Up your game, guys. I thought for sure that would have been Shipley's. I mean, you sure did, did they? You think you just got some one of those dweeb teenagers fixing it behind I, the counter? Yeah, or something? I kind of think we did. I really do. I kind of think we did. It's like, oh, just, just. I'll be honest. I, yeah, who's kind of? And and that's another thing. But that, that's part of it, man. That is when you, part when of you it. You order it, you get what you get. That's right. And 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 so you know, like with Starbucks, they try to have a recipe that they follow, so it's universal around the world. Right. And for the most part, it is. They, they quality control pretty well. And I know because I've had Starbucks all over the world. And for right. the most part, yeah. it's, it's identical. Yeah. No, same here. It's, and same it's here. weird. It's you like you're tell. in Japan and it's like that's, that's yeah. still Starbucks they get their, coffee. They get their from, coffee from the same. Down the street. South American. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. So, yeah. But, but it does depend. Like if you're going to get a latte, you're going to get a drink made. You know, the person making it, it depends on how, right. you know, credible they are and how accurate to the recipe that they're going to be right. or not. Right. You know, and so if you get a guy that's in there in his first week, mm-hmm. probably not going to be that good. I'm not, I don't know this, who so, this guy is. So, again, was, this is what's brewing sports. And part of that is we're going to talk some sports, but we're also going to talk what's brewing. That's right. And so it is fall. So you're going to get a little bit of this where we're going to recommend for you what do the what's brewing sports taste buds tell you that's right. to do. And, and we stay are saying from Dunkin' Donuts, Pumpkin Spice. Stay away from Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Shipley's getting it done. They are. They are. So I mean, actually, I think. And again, what, again, I thought Starbucks was no. There. Starbucks it was, was there. good. It's it was all, a I little, mean, but it's sweet. very Starbucks. It's classic Starbucks. Yeah, it was a little sweet, sweet. I could tell, but but uh, I thought the Shipley's was really good. I think really what the message is here is that if you're going to go pumpkin, 
go beer. Yeah. That's really, uh, <laughs> That's from this really show, the message. From yeah. this show, the message yeah. is stay away from pumpkin coffee and right. go beer. And what we, what we got was 13th floor haunted house pumpkin ale. That's right. From uh fourth, uh, what is that? You know what I, Fourth tap. This is the yeah. first time I, I even I've I seen met. Them. You know, and I met the guys that ran Thirteenth Floor. Oh, did yeah, you? Yeah, I met. I, they, I was at a party with them a few years ago. Really, a holiday party. Yeah, they're funny guys. That's great a guys. really cool thing. They were they in Denver, going on. and they're you know yeah. they're everywhere. But they 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 know what they're doing. No, their operation's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I haven't never been through one, but not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Okay, that that. That was outstanding. Yeah, that was kind I'm, of fun. I'm okay with that. We, we, we've got a lot of stuff on the All table right. now. That was a lot of fun. Taste test worked out. That's right. So uh, so this is, again, this week we're going to do, do a little by the numbers. And it, it's a great time to do by the numbers because a lot of stuff happened over the weekend that was pretty amazing. And we, we were joking about the fact that on Sunday, the Houston Astros scored 21 runs against the Seattle Mariners, not long after scoring 23 runs against the Baltimore Orioles. Now, two pitiful teams. Sorry, Peter. <laughs> pitiful teams. Yeah, your buddy Peter. I got my buddy Kevin up in Seattle. When they were 13-2, and two, I was hearing a lot of noise. Yeah, right. A lot of noise early in the season. <laughs> I didn't hear a thing Sunday. Not a peep from Kevin Walters, my buddy up in Seattle. He has moved on to football. Now, Seahawks had a, at least a good start. You know, yeah. they, they got in the win column. But but I, I think 21 so, – so the Astros win 21-1. to and either match or outscore a dozen NFL teams on Sunday. That certainly outscored our Aggies. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Who didn't? Who got 10, you know. So, yeah, the Astros scored 21 but, runs. Yeah, I mean, think about that in a, in a baseball game. Right. I mean, that's just insane. They are, and the Astros are, and we can talk a little bit more about that, but the Astros, incredible. T- tonight, as we sit here, they've already scored six runs in the first inning against the <laughs> Oakland A's, who are actually a playoff team. <laughs> Are, are fighting to be a playoff team, so uh, there's no mercy on that ca- on that uh, Astros offense right now. No, they're they're definitely putting it together. They're definitely putting well. And and I want to throw since this was by the numbers, I wanted we you know you and I talked and we each kind of corralled our own uh, bag of numbers to throw out there mm-hmm. and talk about. Uh, and I found this little thing, and I know we we talk we've been talking a lot of Astros lately, but you know if they weren't doing so well and they weren't so close to us. Maybe we would talk about some other teams, but they're just on fire. Yeah, they're, and, they're and, legendary and what's happening exactly, right now. Exactly, exactly. I mean, Hall of Fame. So I wanted to throw some numbers out there, uh, and I found this really interesting, almost as if they wrote it for us. Uh, this, was, <laughs> this was written by Catherine Aquavella mm-hmm. of uh, CBS Sports uh, in the MLB column. She wrote this whole thing out about numbers for Justin Verlander, and she throws out some interesting things. So uh, I'm going to kind of – Skim through here, but in the middle of it, she says uh, she throws out numbers, then talks about what they mean. So the number two, uh, only two pitchers uh, have pitched more than uh, three no hitters mm-hmm. in yeah. history. In history, yeah. Um, and in fact, with Nolan Ryan having the lead, seven, uh, seven, which is seven. That's right. Uh, Thirty-seven strikeouts needed to reach three thousand for his career. Verlander. That's right. Yeah. A milestone which only 17 major league pitchers have ever achieved. Right. Um, 14 strikeouts in his no-hitter were three shy of the all-time record of 17 in a no-hitter, which mm-hmm. was set again by Nolan Ryan in 1973. And wow. Yeah. I'll throw out one more. 250, the benchmark, uh, benchmark in strikeouts reached by Verlander and teammate and fellow right-hander Garrett Cole in consecutive seasons. Right. They became the second pair of teammates ever to each post consecutive 250 strikeout seasons. Unbelievable. Yeah. And you know, you look at Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. Article came out last week, maybe the best one-two punch in one season in Major League history. Yeah. Possibly the numbers they're putting up right now, legendary numbers. And it's just an amazing thing. And I, so listen, the Astros may not win the World Series this year. I mean, it, bad things happen. You know, right. you, you get in a situation, uh, uh, certain things happen back and forth. If they play the way they're playing right now, and if Verlander and Cole pitch the way they're pitching right now, it's going to be really hard for someone to beat the Astros. Right. It's going to be tough. I'm right. not saying the Yankees won't do it. 
Uh, twins get hot. They're you know they've already set the major league record for home runs for in a season. There there are teams that could cause a lot of distress. Obviously, uh, Yankees and Astros have been battling it out for best record all season long. But uh, but right now the way the Astros are playing and the way that the the pitching staff is yeah uh not the not the relief staff but the starting staff <laughs> right. and, and then we're not even talking about Zach Greinke who has a better ERA than you know all but uh one other pitcher in the American League right uh, it's 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 a good uh it's a good problem to have the Astros are kind of loading it up right now yeah and they're still banged up Gurriel's not That's playing right. Correa's not playing and it's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch so so we joke about that, how many runs they're scoring right now, because obviously they can't keep this up. I mean, this is this is pretty outlandish. But Garrett Cole, probably the best. Uh, Garrett Cole, three consecutive games with 14 or more strikeouts, which is only one other pitcher has done that in the history of Major League Baseball, Pedro Martinez, back in whenever, quite a, quite a while back. But Pedro <laughs> Martinez is the only one to do it. Some other numbers from the weekend that are really interesting. We could talk college football. Uh, certainly a lot of great uh, – uh, great moments in college football over the weekend, but the uh, the Jaguars quarterback, uh, the the rookie, and, and I'll get to that in a minute because it's he's he's pretty well known for his. Uh, they call him the stash. Okay, and he's a uh, he's a he's a really interesting interesting guy. And he's got an interesting name, and and but he but he came in because Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew comes in, uh, got a great nineteen seventies mustache going. And he's a rookie for the Jacksonville Jaguars because they signed Nick Foles, who was their guy during the offseason. Oh, my gosh. Foles, How about that? Foles breaks his clavicle. He's done. But what's interesting, Minshew comes in, comes in. Nobody knows much about this guy. Right. 13 consecutive completions <laughs> to start his very first start. <laughs> and so, you know, that that's that's pretty remarkable as well to watch, to watch that happen. Um, so – the name too, Gard- Gardner Minshew. Yeah. So he's your new Jacksonville Jaguars starting. Right. Now they didn't they didn't play very well after that. So, but he did start. So it was fun to watch uh, NFL start. Sure. It's fun to watch that happen. And I don't know what the numbers are yet, Andrew, but let me just say this: Dak Prescott's going to get a lot of numbers on his paycheck pretty soon. Yeah. A lot of zeros about to happen on that paycheck. Well, he definitely. I mean. He made a great presentation for it mm-hmm. uh, in this opening. Um, I, 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 I took down a, just a quick thing of numbers for that. Uh, he averaged an attempts last year per game, 32, uh, 32.9, and he had 32 uh, in this past game. His average yards per game was 242.8, uh, I think, passing yards. Mm-hmm. He had 405. Wow. Almost double what his average was last year. Now I'm not saying that it's going to continue that you know that streak. Um, could have been an inflated day. However, this is exactly what was predicted in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say, give Michael Irvin pr- credit. He definitely called it that this was going to be a uh, a passing threat to reckon with. It's astounding to think about this uh, when when it, Prescott. Under this new coordinator, Kellen Moore, who was, if you remember, you know, was, it was a, was a really fine college quarterback, uh, came out of college and, and and was just a just a backup, didn't do a whole lot, but had become has become such a uh, a sensation with memes and everything else because he looks like he's a pizza delivery guy. <laughs> he he looks like he's now I think he's I mean he's he's in his thirties I believe, but he looks like he's. You know the kid who mows your lawn. Oh no! And he was on the sideline during the game to the day, and, and you, they kept they flashed him because I, it's almost like they couldn't believe this was the guy that was calling the plays. Right. And if you're a Cowboys fan, you're very encouraged by the fact that this was a guy he was going to stretch the field a little bit. He was encouraging Prescott, who's had some accuracy issues over the years. That's always been the knock on him. He's just not all that accurate sometimes, and some of his passes were a little bit off. But two things are going well this season for the Cowboys. If the first game's any indication, one is. They've got a damn great set of receivers who can go get the ball. Yeah. Look, if you throw it in the neighborhood somewhere, you're going to go get the ball. Uh, the other thing is that this this stretching it downfield is going to work just fine. It's going to work just fine because Dak Prescott wants to throw it downfield. Now he's got 
he's got a couple of tight ends, including this Jason Witten guy. Right. He, uh, I don't know if you remember that guy, but he's back. It's like a nobody off the street. Yeah, just a, threw, he caught a touchdown pass. But, you know, to have Randall Cobb, this guy they signed from the Packers, everyone remembers him from the Packers, who cut his teeth with Aaron Rodgers over the years, he was sensational. And here's, and here's the one thing that I loved in that ball game. There was a moment in the first half where Randall Cobb was playing on the slot, took a pass out in the right flat, fought the defender, and battled and got a first down. Kind of fought his way to the first down. Cole Beasley doesn't do that for you. And right. I like Cole Beasley. I like him. That little kind of mouthy guy who kind of got it done, you know, on the slot receiver and your possession guy. He was a great guy. He's with the Bills now. Right. But – He's not going to fight for those yards for you like Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb is an upgrade from Cole Beasley. Sure. And we saw that in that ball game. And I thought, you know, between that, Amari Cooper looked great. Despite the heel injury he was battling, he looked really good. He's about to get paid as well. So we have we have Randall Cobb. We have him. And then Michael Gallup. Gallup. Who everyone looked at last year as being, boy, this guy's potential, potential, potential. Let me tell you, we're going to realize it with this guy under Kellen Moore's offense. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. No. I mean, but – you know, this is this is what we were looking for. This is and what I like about this is that uh, I like when hype is followed through. I like when you hear, you know, hey, get ready to see some things from this offense or from mm-hmm. this defense, and then it follows through. Um, you know, I think I like it because I like I like that there's a reason why things are said as opposed to people just hyping because they're just excited about a season. Right. And I'm tired, I think, as a fan or somebody who's paying attention when there's, uh, you know, when there's hype about something like, you know, this offense is going to be good, this defense is going to be good, and then they just underperform. And you're just, you're just like, well, the, why would you call my attention to it in the first place? Right. You know what I mean? It's like right. a waste of my time and my energy. And, you know, you get, you get that a lot in college football. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you get a lot of exactly. the, the, you know, that preseason, everybody gets so excited. Oh, you better watch out. It's going to be this team. It's going to be, you know, the number one team. They're going to go to the playoffs and then they're, they're out within the first two weeks. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Notre Dame is the a big one that comes to mind there that every, every year or Michigan, it's always going to be, you know, this is the year, this is, they're going to come out they're going right. to be, and then they just lay an egg. They just lay an egg. And Michigan, it's interesting you bring Michigan up. Because they've tried their best back-to-back weeks to do that. Just oh my that. gosh, I know, and 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 you wonder how much longer uh, Hardball is going to get away with it. I know, I yeah. know, he's the chosen yeah. one. I know he's the son and all, but how and, much and longer whole, can you tolerate it? And that whole uh, off-season dialogue about how well we're doing it the honest way, right? Because we, we you, you can't. It's hard to beat the cheaters, right? So it's almost like you you bring that up to say, here's my excuse right off the bat. Uh, yeah, I got to right. see what's happening on the horizon, but it's hard to beat the cheaters, though. You know, you know. That's right. So, well, it's it's not hard to beat Army. <laughs> it <laughs> may be hard to beat the unless cheaters. Unless you're Michigan. I, I don't. I don't think. Listen, I could be crazy about a lot of things, Jim Harbaugh, but I don't think Army's cheating. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are not cheating to play football at Army. Something about a code. I don't know. Yeah, something maybe. about yeah. <laughs> hey, so uh, and I want to I want to continue that, but. Because you're not paying attention to this because you're busy. you got stuff happening over there. Yeah. So, again, the Astros scored 21, game, 21 runs yesterday. I think they had 22 hits yesterday, nine innings. All right, and I guess they only batted eight innings, really. So, let's just give them eight innings of actual offense because that's all they had to bat. They've scored nine runs with no, with no outs in the second inning. They have hit five home runs already. Right now. Right now. In the second inning against the Oakland A's, who have got to win these games, Oakland's got to win. So they right. came to Houston. The Astros are up nine to nothing in the second inning. They have nine hits. So by my arithmetic, in the last ten innings, the Astros have thirty-one hits and thirty runs. Wow! In ten innings, thirty-one hits, thirty runs. We're in the second. And, and you know what? Let me forget that. They don't have any outs of the second inning. It's really nine innings of, of complete baseball. So they, 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 they haven't even recorded an out yet in the second inning. Right. And they've already got nine hits and nine runs. So it's, it's an astounding stretch. If yeah, you're you an Astros you fan, you're watching it. this, you're saying, holy yeah, crap. Yeah. Forget how bad the bullpen is. If we average nine or ten runs a game, we're good. <laughs> That's right. We're gravy. That's right. This will be the greatest thing ever. It's funny that this topic is by the numbers because, um, you know, the numbers work two ways. They they work to 
support an argument, but sometimes they work against an argument mm-hmm. in the sense that a number can can appear to be one thing, but the result can be something else. Right. Um, and in this way, I think there's another avenue with numbers, which is they're just hard to compute. You know, you hear something like that, 30, 31 hits and 30 runs. Yeah. I can't compute that. Yeah. I can't understand what you're talking about. This is when Major you're League saying, Baseball. Yeah, I mean, and that was against Mike Fires. Yeah. Who who threw a no-hitter earlier this year and was an all-star. Right. And he just gave up nine runs and nine hits in, in an inning and didn't record it out in the second inning. And he's been relieved already. Five home runs in this ballgame already. Oh, well. But I wanted, I wanted to get back to because you brought up a great point. It's a great thing. The, 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 the numbers that obviously for folks in Texas that everyone was paying attention to. Right. Texas losing to LSU in, in that shootout of a game. And A and M losing to uh, to Clemson in a game that a lot of people thought they were going to lose anyway, but they covered the spread. Dead gummit. They did cover the. They spread. covered the spread. So I I I pose this to you because I I I know on the one sense you look at oh by the way while we're hitting while we're talking here the Astros just hit another home run. <laughs> the Astros Is have now there a hit mercy rule. <laughs> Jordan Alvarez, the rookie, the rookie Jordan Alvarez just hit his second home run in as many bats, and he is now. And the Astros now have a ten to nothing lead with nobody out in the second inning against Oakland. The day after scoring twenty one runs, I mean, it is. It, you, we've never seen this before. This is a video game. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's astounding yeah. to watch, but, but it's a home run derby at so, this point. So, I, in fact, I probably ought to shut this because I'm, I'm kind of watching it because I'm just so astounded <laughs> by this while you and I are talking. But I want to go back. But the reason I want to bring up Texas and Texas A&M, and I'll say this honestly, and I'm an Aggie, and, and obviously I love Texas A&M, but they did a lot of yapping. Yeah, going into that ball game, they did a lot of yapping about, and, and I, I don't mind being confident, and Jimbo Fisher didn't mind the Aggies being confident going into that Clemson game. They didn't, you know, feel like you're going to win. You and I felt like they could win that game. Then in Texas, the whole defensive back you, DBU, and yeah. we're the defensive back you, and we're all this going into the LSU game, and they're LSU's coming to Texas. You know, the A and M beat them, but you know we're going to beat them. I, I I heard it from my friends. I heard it from the Longhorns. I heard it from everybody. Texas is back. All that kind of stuff. Texas goes out, gives up 500 and something yards passing. DBU. Not so much. Yeah. Against a guy that was a lot of question marks about Joe Burrows of LSU, the LSU quarterback coming into this, this season. A&M goes up, up there and just lays an egg, certainly offensively. And, and they lose 24 to 10, but really 24 to 7. Right. You know, Clemson backups give up a touchdown late in that game. So, Andrew, I, I, you know, I come away from that not, not so irritated because this is the way sports is these days, but just the idea that, that, the whole idea of, of doing it first and then talking about it, I think I think both A&M and Texas got a real lesson in that, especially when you're going up the kind of caliber talent that they're going up against. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so excited about this topic, I don't even know where to begin. Um, <laughs> yeah, because... Well, because there's two... There's two you're right. There, there's this tale of two teams from Texas that ironically are rivals and ironically had separate... Uh, scenarios against top five teams right. to prove themselves, and neither one did. Um, and so it's funny because it it almost like in 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 this satirical way in my mind it demeans their rivalry. Like they mm-hmm. love we love to bark back and forth between A and M and Texas, but neither one showed anything against top five talent. Yeah. So who cares about the barking back and forth? Focus on yeah what what's in front of you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everybody, it's always about like, oh, they're going to play again. They're going to play a and play Texas. It's all about that. But I would think it's just about trying to be the best team in college football, trying to make the playoffs. Right. I, well, let's make it about that. Yeah. I don't care about what Austin is doing these days. Uh, but look, I, I think the numbers are interesting in these games. I, and I didn't think that they were going to be. And I started looking at the numbers. So, one thing that shocked me, I wasn't surprised to see the inflated passing numbers. I was surprised to see how many uh, passing numbers LSU gave up because they are actually the true right. anointed DB. Sam Ellinger was, was a revelation in that game. Yeah, 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 was. yeah. And so they gave up over 400 yards in the air, and I'm impressed by that 
Um, the thing that shocks me the most is when you think about SEC offensive play, you think about ground and pound. Right. You think about a, a, just a mean, just huge offensive line moving guys out of the way and some just, just big ridiculous u- big tank yeah. coming right through the hole. Yeah. In that game, LSU only had 102 rushing yards. Texas had 121 rushing yards. Yeah. Surprising. And, right. I, and I, I mean, I, I paid attention to the game loosely, but yep. I was watching it. Yeah. And I didn't walk away thinking that. Right. Until you go back and you look at the numbers. Uh, it's telling. What I think is telling here is that, you know, I don't think it's you can go back and compare like this LSU team to the LSU team of the end of last season. Even though that was a few short months, people moved on. Personnel's changed a little bit. So it's not the same. But uh, in four quarters... Uh, LSU and Texas give up, you know, between the two of them, the final score is 45-38, so at least 38 points yeah. apiece. 83 total. Yeah, I mean, like, that's just, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. it is crazy. At the end, Nobody forecast that either. No, at the end of regulation before the seven OTs, when A&M played LSU, it was tied at 31. Mm-hmm. Which that was a good, just, that was a physical game. You can tell that. But this game was out of control. What's even more interesting is that uh, the most points scored by both teams was in the fourth quarter. Right. So it turned out to just be this slugfest. Right. Um, I don't know. That fourth quarter was legendary. Instant classic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun to watch. So I don't know. I don't know what my takeaway is as far as watching Texas and LSU. I I mean, it was a fun game. I'm I'm glad it was a fun game. It was certainly a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Right. And again, you know, even though they lost, I think, you know, Texas has a lot to be proud of because yeah. they're they're stepping in and playing some big boy football when they need to. Right. And and whatever you you know, if you're a homer for them and, you, you know, oh, they've always been good. They have it. And they've they've always just underwhelmed with the talent that they have yeah. and the facilities that they have. They've never just played at an elite level that they should be playing. At. Yeah. And I feel like this season we're we're starting to actually see some of that. Yeah. Uh, again, I hate to credit him because I just can't stand him, but he's doing a good job, Tom Herman. Yeah, yeah. He's doing a decent yeah. job, and he's actually got these kids ready to play. So they lost, fine, but it wasn't embarrassing. It wasn't, No, you I know, thought Texas acquitted themselves better than A&M did in yeah, a lot of ways. And yeah. I think that that really was, you know, and I think, I think and, and you and I have said this before, and I and I honestly believe this, and, and I don't care what color you wear, what color you, you, you root for, LSU and, and Texas – Texas playing LSU as, as hard as they did and as well as they did, uh, that's, good for, that's good for the state. It's good for the state of Texas when University of Texas has a good football team. Sure. And they have a great program. Yeah. They showed it last year. Um, you know, they, they've got a team, and they're playing in the Big 12. They get past Oklahoma, maybe. Uh, the, you know, it'll be very interesting to watch. That's the thing. They've got to get past Oklahoma, of course. But in the Big 12, I don't know anybody that's going to head them off. Well, they got to watch out for Kansas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kansas. <laughs> Big school. Less miles already under fire over in Kansas, you know. But, uh, but, yeah, but, I mean, you go down the checklist of the teams of the Big 12, I don't think there's anybody that's going to be uh, – uh, Texas is far too talented for that. Yeah. But they've got to beat Oklahoma. Sure. And mentally they've got to be able to get by that. But, uh, well, you know, another thing, too, is going back to Sam Ellinger and how, pl- how well he played – a lot of people talk about how this was a guy that was born to play quarterback for the University of Texas. Obviously, there's a great story there. His father passing away, and, and they were he was a UT fan growing up outside Austin. I look at I look at UT and, and what they did, and I think it, number one, it's it's he was the revelation in this whole thing because because he's actually he's been a little mouthy too. Yeah, but but he kind of backed it up. He has kind of a Baker Mayfield to him. You know, he's he's going to be able to uh, to stand up to it, and he takes he runs the ball. He he doesn't mind the contact, all those kind of things. I really had a lot of respect watching him play because because you know how good LSU's defense is. Yeah, they, they'll they'll put the smack down on you, and uh, Ellinger not intimidated. Yeah, not intimidated. Threw some wonderful balls in that, and and you know LSU's guys who a lot of those guys played football against Ellinger in high school, right? Were kind of saying, eh, you know, he's not much of a passer. <laughs> He'll beat you with his legs, you know, that kind of stuff. And then after the game, they have to say, "Mia culpa, yeah, this guy's really good." I don't think they said Mia culpa, but I, don't think but I was so trying either. to, I'm trying to introduce some culture, <laughs> trying to introduce some culture into the show. Now going to A and M and the A and M game, going to Clemson. Now twenty four to ten, not a. 
listen, they, they played well. I mean, they took the 3-0 lead. They had a couple of opportunities early. Um, but but let's just – we could talk about Sam Ellinger and how good he was. Equally bad in my mind was Kellen Mond. Yeah. I just don't – I don't, and I don't get this, oh, yeah, he's running for his life and the offensive line was underwhelming and he couldn't get a running game going and no consistency. And we could make excuses all day. But the guy, the guy made no adjustments. He, he threw poor balls early on. He was certainly overamped. And listen, San Antonio kid, I root for him, obviously. But I thought he came up small in a game that they had prepared for for months. Yeah, absolutely. Circled it on the calendar. This was a game where we make our statement. This is a watermark game. This will show where our program is. Well, guess what? It's a program that, again, has gone up against a, a, you know one of the elite teams uh, – better than LSU, and came up short. Yeah. And I think a lot of that falls on Kellen Mond. Now, and I'm not saying anything out of turn. He admitted it afterwards. No. This is on me. I should have played better. Now, when you watch that game, from from the first outing offensively, you could just tell he was, he was way too wired, uh, just unsettled, and he never found it. I, he never until the last series when there was you know a minute left in the game did he find some kind of rhythm right um and and I don't know what that is that that's to me he's got to psychologically calm down yeah he's got to get out of his head um I will say though uh as angry as I was after that game and just frustrated because I still believe this Texas A&M team is better than that Clemson team. I do. I, I really, I'm, I, I, I don't argue they're with you on better that. better than, than, than Clemson. Yeah. And I actually, uh, I was talking with our, our good family friend, Carson Ballou, obviously a, a friend of Ryan's. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a great quote, actually. He didn't even know he was giving it, but he, we were just talking about whatever. And he said, uh, you don't have to be the best team. You just have to have the best day. Yeah, well, that's and true. That's 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 you that's know true. on any given day when a team when two teams step on the field, that's that's what it is. You just have to have the best day, right? And clearly, Clemson had the better day. But but this is now again the topic of this you know the the umbrella topic of this show is by the numbers. So I want to walk through some numbers really quickly because sure. I was struck by a couple things. So first of all, I want to go back to the again not but a few months ago, and again I know it's a, you know, different teams, but same same key players here. Uh, Alabama plays Clemson for the national championship. Clemson wins forty four to sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Two attack of Iloa throws for two hundred and ninety five yards. Trevor Lawrence throws for three hundred and forty seven yards. Uh, as a team, Clemson rushes for one hundred thirty five yards. Uh, rough math. That's about four hundred eighty two yards total offense. Against Texas A&M, again, that the ending, and as we say in our intro, box score is what the box score is, mm-hmm. 24 to 10. Trevor Lawrence throws for 268 yards. Uh, they rush as a team for 121 yards for a total of 389 yards. That's almost 100 yards less than they were able to get out of an Alabama defense that, I mean, Alabama is, is defense you. If, if LSU is DBU, right. Alabama is supposed to be defense you right. because they, they do nothing but recruit gorillas right. and right. bears and these right. just like juggernauts of men. Um, A&M holds them to 389 yards in yeah. that game at home in Clemson. Right. That I think this A&M defense might be one of the best defenses in the country. And they, they showed oh, listen it. Listen to you. They showed it by playing the number one team in listen the country. Listen to you. And holding to 389 yards. What was in that coffee? I, I think it's this beer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some more of this. Well, you know, it, we'll know soon enough. We'll know soon enough. We're going to know soon enough. But now. I just think I think that that needs to be the whisper in that locker room. If you're Texas A&M and you're feeling everybody's, you know, this and that, and Kellamon needs to go away and A&M sucks, because that's what fans do. They just want to sure. throw things away as soon as – they have a bad day. Right. But I think the whisper in the locker room needs to be, we have a, an incredible defense. defense. Yeah. We need to keep hyping on that. Offense needs to figure it out, clearly. But I'm not, you know, it's not that the offense can't figure it out. It's just that they didn't. Right. For whatever reason, they underperformed. I mean, and that's a gross understatement, but they underperformed this past Saturday. Yeah. They just didn't show up. And for it to still only be 24-10, 
you got to like the numbers. Here's the other thing. Tua Tagovailoa, one of the, the premier quarterbacks that everybody loves to herald, in that championship game, he threw for 295 yards. Wow. Kellen yeah. Mond, in his terrible showing, 268. Yeah. So you're only talking a couple, like 20, 30 yards there. Yeah. We, the, the Aggies had their shot, and they had, a, and that's, and that that brings up what what's next. I mean, now A and M plays Lamar. They'll they'll but Lamar two and zero. You know, coming into this ball game, and who knows? You know, but uh, but A and M plays Lamar. Okay, and uh, Texas plays Louisiana Tech or whoever next. You know, so they've got that. And then they turn around and start playing conference opponents. Right. You and I will be there in a couple of weeks when the when AM plays Auburn. I can't wait for at that. At College game. Station. I think that game, more than even the Clemson game, that game's gonna tell us where I agree. Where A and M is. I agree. How do you come back from from the kind of performance that you put on in a in a spot in a nationally televised game? Uh, as our as our good friend Roy Bragg said when he texted us during the game, a an A and M tradition like no other. <laughs> Right. On a nationally televised game against them, <laughs> come up a little short, you know. That's right. So, and the same with Texas. I mean, the Texas turns around; they're going to play some quality opponents uh, at some point in the Big Twelve, right? But and, and again, I, I had this argument the other day with one of my buddies uh, who's a UT guy, and and I said, "Do not, do not, do not even start trying to inter- argue with me." about your Big 12 opposition against SEC opposition. Well, and here we and go. your schedule against A&M's schedule That's right. this year. Okay, so now here we go. Since this is by the numbers, so you look ahead, right? So Texas, their shot was LSU, now maybe Oklahoma. Then who else, right, yeah, in the Big don't... 12? Who else will, will have any kind of real substantial ranking? It won't be West Virginia because they got blown out by Missouri, who got blown out by Wyoming or whoever it was. Right. Which I thought was hilarious because everybody was ready to write off the SEC for the poor showing they had in week one, mm-hmm. including Missouri. And then Missouri turns around against Big 12 play and just wipes the floor with them. Yeah. Which I, I, I laugh for a good five minutes. That, that helped me get over the A&M loss. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But look at the numbers for what A&M has coming up. They still have to play number two Alabama. Number three, Georgia. Now number four, LSU. Yeah. Still left on their schedule. So in terms of having time and space to prove themselves and go out and get, you know, some kind of uh, premier win, they have three more chances against still the next three in line for the top four in the country. Strength of schedule. It's going to be very interesting. And, you know, if you you figure A&M wins one of those. Right. Then all of a sudden it started. You get a little wake up in your little pep in your step, you know. I'm not... It'll be hard to beat Alabama, obviously. It'll be hard to beat some of these teams. Not impossible, but but hard. But I, it all comes down to Kellen Mond, I'm just telling you. And I know, listen, I know that he had a ton of drop passes. There were six, seven drop passes in that ball game. A lot of the AM receivers got alligator arms going over the middle against the Clemson defense. They didn't want to get hit. Yeah. And I guarantee you that was a discussion in the film room. Look, if you don't want to go over the middle, right. Rogers, Kendrick Rogers, and you don't want to get hit, right. then don't go out there. Yeah. Don't put us in a situation where that's going to be one of those situations. But Texas plays at Rice. Uh, should win that one. Good Rice. matchup. Good matchup. Two. Yeah, strong matchup. <laughs> Coming up, uh, Oklahoma State, 2-0. They play Oklahoma State. And then uh, Texas plays at West Virginia. West Virginia's been awful. And then Oklahoma, October 12th. And so there'll be a lot of measuring sticks for for Texas and Texas A&M coming up. But the Big 12 – I just not very impressive no. in the early going. So that's going to be very interesting to watch. No. Yeah. And and we, you and I talked about this the other day. You know, everybody was so down. Again, the SEC, the bottom of the SEC is like the bottom of any other conference. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to have some schlubs. Yeah. And, oh, sure. And, you know, the SEC has no shortage either. But when you look at that, you can't look at the bottom and, and judge a conference and say, see, the SEC is weak. Look at the top and, and, and count how many teams have a chance annually at getting in the playoffs. Right. And then look around at the other conferences and ask yourself, honestly, how many teams in those conferences have a chance annually of getting in the playoffs? Right. I mean, there's just there's no comparison no, across the all. board. I think it's fun. I think it's a lot of just people being frustrated that the SEC is so good. Um, but but this this calling out that the SEC is a, is a weaker than conferences, yeah, it's just moronic. Yeah, in my right. head, I mean, yeah. then then go play Alabama, right? Then go play, then schedule Alabama every year, and Georgia every year, and Florida every year, and Mississippi State, who's not an easy opponent by 
any means the last decade, Auburn, Texas A&M, I mean, I would say South Carolina, but they, they struggled. But right. even sometimes they're pretty tough, too. Right. I mean, it just it's a pretty long list. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, and that's college football. That's what we – Oh, I know. We love that, and we love watching it. So, uh, but, hey, before we uh, before we wrap this up, it, uh, real quick, uh, one of the things that really got everybody rattled the other day was uh, – and there's a bigger backdrop to this – is Antonio Brown and the mess he made or was made of the – Whole situation in Oakland. Okay, so so time out, though. So have we moved on to the next segment? Which is? The baby of the week. (laughs) Oh, okay, here we go. (laughs) Baby of the week. I forgot about that. We got to do the baby of the week. Yeah. Uh, Well, I don't don't know if this qualifies. Maybe maybe it does. But I'm interested because I'm I'm kind of a Patriots fan. So this is a this is a difficult situation for me okay. because the Patriot, but this whole thing smells bad. Yeah, you know Antonio Brown goes from Pittsburgh, where nobody seems to be happy these days, goes to <laughs> Oakland, where not being happy is part of the whole situation there. Never plays a down there, gets released and gets signed by the Patriots just a few hours later for just a little bit less money. Right, and now he's he gets his way. By pouting and doing all this different kind of stuff, right. my helmet, I froze my feet off, I did all this kind of stuff, <laughs> and gets over to New England. And so we we have that discussion now, where in San Antonio that kind of picks at a wound for us because Kawhi Leonard, at least although at least he played here, and we we had you know we won championships with the guy, a championship, you know he forced his way out of, of San Antonio, and I think it's a trend that we're seeing more and more. Where players and don't discount their agents, yeah, are really molding the landscape. the 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 NFL right now. Now Judy Batista, who who I used to work with at Newsday up in New York, and now she's a writer for uh, NFL dot com, had a great had a great quote the other day. She said, "You know what? People mistake this. The NFL is not a morality play. No, it's not. You know, so sometimes things happen and." You don't like it, and that's good because, but and it happens a lot with the Patriots. Yeah, well, you know, it's a business. It's a business, and it's a big business. Yeah, and and this is the closest thing to gladiators that we have in the modern age. Yeah, but there's a bigger picture, Andrew. For and and those of us in San Antonio know it all too well. Is the landscape of sports is shifting, and it and it could go from day to day where the players are forcing the issue, the players are forcing it to where that they don't like where they at if they're at they don't like what's happening then maybe Antonio Brown's the baby, my baby of the week. Didn't want to play in Oakland, and so he forces his way out by coming up with all these excuses and and somehow gets out of there. I think John Gruden, the coach at the Raiders, has been actually come up pretty strong out of this whole thing because I think he's said all the right things and done all the right stuff. But I just it, – it smells to me – and again, I Patriots turn around and beat the Steelers 33-3. to They're – they're a really good football team already. Right. There's not a team in the AFC that's anywhere close to these guys. So it, it, I don't know if there's a team in the NFL as close as these guys. But, you know, you look at those kind of things and you think, do the, who is run, who's running the asylum these days? And, I, I, and, and I, it's the agents and the players. And they are forcing their way into situations that maybe is not good for the league. Yeah. I don't know. I know the NBA's in that situation. Oh, I'm well, not sure what's happened is good for anybody. No, you know, no. certainly not for the 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 lower seventy five percent of the league. So, uh, that, yeah, that's my baby of the week is Antonio Brown. I think so, and I think I think it's got to be everybody's. I mean, it's just it's such a bizarre. <laughs> we were laughing because we were trying we were trying to watch college football and get ready for what we were hoping was going to be a better day of college football watching. Right. And the ticker just keeps updating itself with news updates about Antonio Brown. And now he's being, he's saying this and then he's released and then he's not going to get paid. And then he's picked up by the, and you're just like, and people were joking about it. Can we turn off notifications on Antonio (laughs) Brown for five minutes so we can watch some football? Thank God this thing's over. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and it's just like, well, you talk about the rich getting richer. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots, 
They didn't need Antonio Brown. No. And now they've got him and Josh. Well, you never know if Josh Gordon's going to get suspended from week to week. But I don't know that it's uh, I don't know that it's, it's going to come out that like the Patriots were behind this whole thing. And I think it's more that the Patriots saw an opportunity and took it. I think the Patriots are one of those teams and, and franchises that are just really good at seeing opportunities and just jumping on them really quickly, whereas everybody right. else probably a little slower on the uptake questioning you know well who is this Antonio Brown should we be wary a team like the Patriots don't care about that because they they know how to manage and take care of business and players and they're not that's not that's not an issue it seems like in their organization right if they don't like a player they just get rid of them yeah and that's what's that that's where they are with Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon right because Gordon obviously has been suspended 15 times or whatever right. it is can't stay clean or whatever it is that he has to deal with right so yeah and they only signed antonio brown for what a year it's a year deal yeah, that's it yeah yes but but he's a year deal but they have control on if he signs with someone else they get up to a third round draft pick they, see but i think that's just it, that's just they're playing chess yeah i mean that's good that's that's patriot but you know but, the patriots are good they must <laughs> <laughs> like they got something. That's right. Like they know what they're like doing they've or something. They kind of figured it out or something over these past few years. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what uh, I like though is that I didn't see it coming, but somehow you you threaded the web in such a way that it actually turns out in a in a shocking turn of events that our uh, de facto baby of the week somehow turned into Kawhi Leonard, and I think <laughs> I think he is the sponsor. For baby of the week for the rest of the year. I think it's de facto always Kawhi Leonard is the baby of the week. Well, that's the case. God, <laughs> that guy. Who could root for him? I guess it happens. I mean, I guess it's out there. It happens or something like that. But I, I don't. I don't, I don't know. See. We'll yeah. see what happens this I, I, year with that, LA. That's, that's what that does. Hey, so, we, so all right. So we got we got all kinds of things happening now as we come up next week. We will be talking, at least we're, we, we've got it lined up. We're hoping to talk to our good buddy, Andrew Monaco. That's right. We'll talk about the Texas A&M-Auburn game, which, of course, will be one of the big games on the college football landscape next weekend. Not this weekend coming up, but next weekend, right. September 21st. Uh, and you and I will be there for that ball game. We're going to talk to Andrew uh, for the podcast, our next podcast. And also, we're going to head to Houston. And go watch, uh, go watch another Astros game. Uh, sit with Reed Ryan. Talk to that's who, right. Who who reminded me again that he's in the Pittsburgh oh, Sports yeah. Hall of Fame because <laughs> he's been our first two time guest on the Hall of, on our on our podcast. I so. like that he's so up on it though. He, he knows that it. He's, he's so into it. He knows it. That's, that's I, fun. It, so I love to send him our, our Crawford Bach and all the different kind of things. We so that's right. Uh, a good guy running a running a pretty incredible. Uh, 11 to nothing lead now. Oh, my God. <laughs> 11 to nothing. The Astros could... have scored 32 runs in, in no, was it, eight, no, 11 innings. <laughs> 32 runs, 11 innings. <laughs> I'll tell I... you, if you're averaging a three runs an inning, you're probably going to win the yeah, World you're, Series. You're doing okay. You're, you're going to okay. do okay. I guess you'd call that a tight chip. Yeah, I guess that's if you a, had yeah, to. Yeah, you know, if that's the best you could do. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, though? I will say he's been telling us that now. Yeah. Since the first time we had him on here, he, yeah. he, and he's, yeah. he laid it out and said, look, this is what we're we're trying to do, mm-hmm. and we're making the moves to do it. And uh, This is the golden era for and, and he's certainly been – they've been on it. I yeah. mean, they have they have lived up and followed through with every step that he's been talking about, and yeah. here here's the reward. You know, sometimes you just have everything where everything you touch turns to gold. Right. They bring up – I mean, they traded the Dodgers a couple of years ago for this Jordan Alvarez. He's kind of a throw-in for, for – you know, for uh, whatever, whoever they traded, Josh Fields or whoever they traded the Dodgers. And the guy's just a, a beast. He's going to be rookie of the year. Yeah. He's just been, he's just absolutely carried the Astros. Well, he hadn't carried the Astros, but he's been a big part of it uh, here in, in this, uh, since June 1st when he came up. So, and they got him. And then that, now they bring up Kyle Tucker, who was supposed to be the, the Jordan Alvarez of a year ago and didn't play very well. He's he's playing really well. Right. He's hit. You know, he just had a great series over the weekend and everything. Like hits hit the ball hard, and and you look at him, you think, is, is this what? What if this guy starts hitting? <laughs> oh my god! You know, pitchers are like, I don't want to face these guys. Yeah. You know, they're hitting everything I throw up there. And so. then they got to turn around and be pitched too. Yeah. So, but keep an eye this week. We'll talk about it more next week. The Astros playing the Oakland Athletics in a four game series, and this is probably it for the A's as far as their. Uh, they really are. If they want to make a run at Houston, which probably can't, being ten runs out or ten games out with about nineteen to go, but the uh, but the magic number is already counting down for the Astros, and this is a big, very important series for the A's. Uh, first 
punch landed by Houston, though, uh, is in this first game. In the fourth inning, it's 11 to nothing. It's a pretty big punch. Yeah, that's a punch. That's a punch. <laughs> All right, man. Two that, in the books. That's right. Season two, episode two. That's going to that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, thanks again, guys, for listening. This has been What's Brewing Sports. Again, Andrew Brock, Richard Oliver. Shipley's Coffee. Shipley's Coffee, the winner of the pumpkin spice competition. Actually, technically, the uh, the fourth. Uh, let me get this right here. Yeah, yeah, the sure. fourth tap brewery uh, co-op in North Austin is the winner of the pumpkin spice tasting. Again, you guys can follow us on social media: Facebook and Instagram. What's Brewing Sports? Twitter: What's Brewing SP? And uh, please also check out our website. Um, I'll post about it. Don't ask me to recite it right now. I've had too much pumpkin spice, <laughs> and it's a bit long. Uh, Thank you guys again. We look forward to next time. Take care.